halfway through, I was like, I should be doing it as Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you just decided to do it right at the end there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Snuffed, a Survivor podcast. Uh, this is episode, what is it, five at this point? Four? I think that sounds about right. It's, Im- it's impossible to know. Um, I'm Tyler Moliterno. With me is my sister and co-host, Lauren Moliterno. Yes, that's me. I'm Lauren. <laughs> and our other co-host, Quinn Wright. Hi, my name is Quinn. I came here to win. We're doing this podcast, but I like to keep it modest. Mic drop. <laughs> Oh my god. Quinn <laughs> with a patented Chris Noble rap right off the bat. Yeah, I just came up with that from the top of my head. I didn't write it down like three hours ago. Like not at all, just freestyled. That was that was amazing. <laughs> so uh so on this this show, this podcast, we talk about Survivor. Uh and this week we are talking about an episode that wasn't very... didn't have a lot of flair to it. It was kind of boring, to be <laughs> honest. I thought it was... But, uh... Excellent. Go ahead, go ahead. I thought it was an excellent was episode. Excellent? Yes. Like, it was boring in terms of, like, gameplay, but, like, in emotional content, there's a lot there. Well, okay, yeah. re- I, I certainly, right off the bat, had a lot of, um... A lot of feelings about a lot of cast members that hadn't really been there before. It was like that song in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite literally, because Chris Noble has turned from beast to beauty just in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something there that wasn't there before. Because in this episode, I straight up fell in love with Chris. <laughs> Charming <laughs> um, and, and self-aware. Yeah, so we'll we're, we'll get into like a we'll actually break down the episode here in a second. But but just the first thing like that Chris seems to have come to some kind of realization that he comes off as kind of a dick and has decided to not do that anymore because. He makes several conscious efforts to be a better person and be a nicer person throughout this episode. And it I don't know what the catalyst for it was, but I love this new Chris that's like, I see that Bradley looks sad, and I'm going to go and relate to Bradley on a human level. Because before... No, not Bradley, Donathan. Or Donathan, yeah. Donathan, because Donathan is obviously worse than me. But I'm going to go talk to him. That's the kind of the vibe I got. Because he was like, I've never talked to Donathan. Because Donathan's clearly beneath me. <laughs> yeah. Like, his reasoning for going to talk to Donathan was very selfish and not kind. But the conversation that came from it was worth it. Oh, yeah. And... and yeah, go ahead, Quinn. He's still very much a robot, but he's like, his artificial intelligence is evolving to the point where he thinks he can understand human emotion, but he only understands that humans feel emotion, not that he does. Right. He I has feel he like that's updated. very accurate. <laughs> he updated this week. Yeah. Um, he still apparently, and we also found out how much he loves chocolate. Oh, yeah. 
And and again, he. We'll get into it. We'll talk about it. Uh, I think we wrote a lot of it down in the notes, so we'll get to it. Uh, but right off the bat, because we can talk about it, because we go. I remember the episode begins with the aftermath of Michael's uh, deception at Tribal. Everybody knows that Michael was lying, so that conversation must have happened at some point. Was it? Do you think that they like talked about it, or do you think they realized that when he only picked one person that it didn't really have two? They must have just have realized it. The, I think they were, managed to put two and two together that he only played it on one, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it was just a lie. And Michael's like, "Well, shucks, guys, you can't blame me for trying." <laughs> and Bradley, yeah, Bradley really thought he was going home and thought that that was it, which you know, I hope it was. Um, and so now. The horrible thing has happened where they now see Michael as a threat, which I don't like. Yeah, they see Michael as kind of a threat, or specifically Bradley says, I didn't think Michael was good at anything, but now apparently he's very good and I wasn't paying attention to him. And he's like, my read on on Michael was very bad, but now I know that he's a threat. Bradley... The opposite of Chris Noble this week. <laughs> I started off really like I. I didn't think I, I. Last week I still felt like Bradley was just kind of being like he's kind of obnoxious and he's kind of like a jerk, but I didn't think that much of it. But this week I just it's so crazy to me how he seems to just be completely unaware of like how he comes off to people because he, Michael makes a like a joke like a self-deprecating thing. He goes. He goes, hey, we had to have some, try to have something in our pocket. We we needed the numbers. We were kind of outvantaged. So. I think he specifically said like we, uh, I like we had one trick up our sleeve or something. Yeah, like that. he that did. It. Yeah, he goes, I, we had one, we had one trick up our sleeve. So we went for it. Like Michael just kind of makes this joke, and then Bradley goes, well, hopefully next time we have the trick up <laughs> our sleeves. And it's like, for Bradley, you said that out loud, <laughs> and second. You have more people. <laughs> You're winning. You have the numbers advantage. You don't need a trick up your sleeve. What a stupid thing to say to people. <laughs> well, they just... He's like, oh, shit. We knew this. Uh, but yeah, and then Michael's like, no, we only had that one. Like, please don't get rid of me. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Bradley just really came off like super unlikable in this episode, and it just kept being bad. And it makes um, it makes the uh, the the next week's preview all the sweeter, knowing what what happens next week. The uh, swap. So then we get then we get the opening credits. What happened after that? Uh, we, I'm pretty sure we just went straight to the reward challenge. Yeah. So this this was the challenge where. Uh, Chris really shined. Yeah. So, there is this, so in this challenge, they gotta hop over a series of tables, get these large sandbags, pull a trigger, trigger, or a lever that releases all these bags, and then the bags gotta all be brought into, like, one pile, and as soon as all of the bags are in the pile, they have to start throwing them at these, like, little spin doohickeys to reveal a flag. They show how it works, and like you have to hit it on the side, and then it spins a little bit. And I went, "Oh, this is going to take a really long time because those aren't very big targets, and it takes a lot of spinning to make the flag come down." 
I apparently didn't understand that Chris Noble is fucking amazing <laughs> throwing stuff. He's a machine. He's not human. I, yeah, he's definitely... <laughs> he is... He is uh, Wendell's basketball skills is Chris's, like, baseball skills. Except I would say more so. Yeah, well, it, it was really impressive because Chris, like, nailed these small-ass targets and, like, Which just... Firing them one after another, just nailing it every single time. <laughs> Which makes sense that he was a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. After. Part of this challenge really made me laugh. Like the part where they had to like throw the bags from the one place to the mat, and the two had to go and collect them and put them in the basket. It was so funny because they're just chucking in at the two guys, and it turns into dodgeball at one point. <laughs> and it's like just a fury of bean so bags. Funny. Just whipping them at each other. Yeah. I thought this challenge looked like it would be fun to do. Like, it wasn't it, it, too grueling. It seemed like it would be kind of fun to have, like, a fun game to play. It was weird to me because it didn't really feel like that much of a team challenge for, like, the sec- uh, this, that happened mm-hmm. before the season. It seems, like, really focused on having individuals doing most of the work. Especially since, yeah, like, the whole second half had to be due by, or not even half, like, the whole uh, throwing at the targets thing. Had to be one person. So I I just, I guess I prefer. Sorry. (laughs) I just guess I prefer challenges that like it takes everybody has to play a major role for in order to win. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's more interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And it like doesn't single as as many people. But this is when Chris starts to become so likable because not only did he win the challenge like two challenges in a row, Mm -hmm. but he also. As soon as he wins the challenge, yells, I want those pastries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the prize was pastries and ice cold milk. Um, is this the second week they had milk? I think it was coffee. Oh, it was coffee. Last week we talked about the milk. I remember now. Um, so it was pastries and coffee. And I love, again, this is, this is new and improved Chris. This is Chris... Thinking about other people, he has decided he needs to have a better social game and has decided that that involves, as soon as he wins the challenge, he goes, I want the chocolate ones. To, <laughs> well, I think it would be cool if I could get the chocolate ones. or And then it goes to like, uh, I would prefer the chocolate ones, but what if you guys want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time he mentioned that he wanted the chocolate ones, he got less and less aggressive. Yeah. It's like, about subtle reinforcement, is what his programming's telling him. That is true. <laughs> as long as you keep mentioning the chocolate, they will give you the chocolate. And Chris's exclamation, he goes, like, like when he yelled, I want the pastries, or I want those pastries, or whatever it was, was so endearing and adorable. <laughs> Which, because he had won. It wasn't like, you know, I got a Wendy's. He'd, he'd got them, and he just, he, like, finished it and just goes, oh, I want those pastries. He said... I want those pastries in the same fortitude that they would yell, we are Sparta. (laughs) (laughs) The best part of this uh, challenge, though, was they were talking. Jeff was talking to Chris after, and Chris was asking him, like, why he was so good at the targets. And Chris says, and I quote, I used to toss a rock a little back in my prime. (laughs) And the Lord went, what? <laughs> and Jeff just looks at him and just goes, which means what? Because <laughs> I was like, 
what? Because that was so confusing. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, it was a pitcher for baseball. Which <laughs> like, oh, okay. What's even funnier is that he was saying it so cool-like. Like, he goes, he's like, yo, I've been known to throw a rock around in my old days. And everyone's like, like, he said it like, oh, you know, the old term. <laughs> but it's like, nobody calls a baseball a rock. That's basketball. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. And I'm glad that Jeff didn't let him get away with it. Mm-mm. And then we go to Rocks for Ghost Island again. Stephanie goes to Ghost Island and doesn't get to play the game for the advantage and then just sits around and talks about her kids. It's about all that I, w- I was surprised. I thought that the, um, I thought if, like, since Kellen didn't go play for her Ghost Island Advantage, I really thought it was going to, like, roll over into this mm-hmm. week. But I guess it's not. It, I guess it's, like, set. It That's seems what, like it's set in stone what games are going to be played when. That's what I was, like, expecting, too, was, um her to get it because Kellen yeah and it's disappointing because I want to see like I think that's something that could have spiced this episode up especially with it being the team that we know we know now is going back to tribal uh, it was somebody who was on the outside would have made like we talked about how this episode very old school nothing really happens in it, it as, as far as like the game is concerned mm-hmm. very straightforward it would have been awesome if Stephanie came back with something, and it might have made a huge difference. But um, she didn't get anything. But I was disappointed. I want to see more ghosts. I was gonna be excited. I um I wrote this down before we obviously found out the result of this episode. But I feel like if people who are going to Ghost Island, they're getting like a really clear winners edit if they don't go home the episode that they did. But I feel like. Everyone who's gone to Ghost Island either went home that episode or we've gotten, they have a very good shot at winning this game. Even Donathan, he's gotten a, like a lot of really nice emotional moments and some strategic stuff too since he was at Ghost Island. So I could easily see him winning now. And I feel like that happens with everyone who's been going to Ghost Island. There, I think, and I, I this is so. It, it really comes down to just how things end up happening and how things go down. I think that there's going to be a point of no return where if Donathan's still in the game, he's going to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And and it, that point is quickly approaching because Donathan should have, in theory, been like the first or second person nom- or voted out. It seemed like that was the way it was all going to go. Yeah. Right. Um, but. With uh, it not being the clear cut, um, what's this? What was even the guy's name who was terrible? Bradley? No. Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Jacob when going I, to Ghost. I hear someone being terrible, my mind automatically goes to Bradley. Goes to Bradley. Um, Jacob's game, or Jacob going home the first week, if there was no Ghost Island, Jacob goes home the first week, Jonathan probably goes home before Stephanie Gonzalez, second week. Trying to keep the trying to keep the tribe strong, and I think the fact that Donathan didn't want to be good, the first one going home, Brendan being a soft spot for him, and everybody deciding to keep Donathan around that extra week, that might have sealed Donathan's fate. Because like it seems like Donathan is just like 
nowhere close to being in trouble anymore. Like, I feel like he's... he's nobody sees him as a threat. Right. Yeah, he's in such a great place. And now he's, like, getting all these new alliances, mm-hmm. And we see, we see him... Yeah, he's in a perfect spot. We see him talking strategy. We see him talking socially. We just... We're only seeing, like, good things about him. And, like, even when he, like, failed in that immunity challenge way back when... He was shown as, like, heroic for do- doing what he should have been doing all along. Even though he was in the wrong, he still got a hero edit. So he could definitely make it really deep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and I don't know, I don't think... Donathan, I think he's going to come off as one of those people who wins be- if he if he's at the end. He wins because he's so endearing, he's got a great story... He seems like an interesting character. He seems like a genuinely nice person. It doesn't seem like he's great game wise. I don't. I don't see him as a very strategic person. I mean, maybe we'll see because Michael didn't play the game strategically at first. But you, when you hear about his story, being somebody who is one lying about his age, two has a profession, like he's modeling and doing real estate in Los Angeles and he's 18 years old, you know that dude's got hustle. Like, you know he's yeah. going to be able to try to win a game like this. I still think Michael's... A, he's another one. Michael, I think, is a front runner to win this if he still sticks around till the end because he he has the strategy. Whereas I think Donathan is just like a real sweetheart that anyone would vote for if he's at the end. You know? Yeah. I- See, I, I, I don't know how you can say Donathan isn't strategic when I, I, I think... He there. You could say that because he hasn't really had a chance to make a huge strategic move, but he's set himself up so well. I think through strategy, like who knows? His like he used he manipulated Brendan, even if that was intentional or not. He manipulated him to keeping him the first week, mm-hmm. and then he hasn't been in danger since because he solidified himself with the Malalo Alliance. He solidified himself with Lauren, Dominic, and Wendell. And now he's solidified himself with Chris and Angela. So he's been used... Yes, he's using his social ability to make these alliances, but these are strategic alliances still because he's getting people to want to keep him through what means is necessary. And I consider that a great strategy. Yeah. So I do see him as a strategic threat. And like I said, I don't... I'm, I'm saying like he did, he hasn't come off like a strategic... He doesn't, he hasn't come off so far as somebody who's like strategically trying to play the game like there's some people like like Dominic obviously is trying to play the game he's being strategic and trying to do stuff whereas Donathan just seems like he's he is uh putting himself in the right position I don't know if it's because he's just a nice guy or he's really thinking but he's put himself at the point in this tribe where he's a swing boat he is working kind of with everybody which is exactly where you want to be so He's done that. He's he's put himself in the perfect position, and yeah, that's he's in enough. Uh, he's in enough people's good graces that they're not going to try and go after him anytime soon. Right. He's in a good spot, mm-hmm. and Laurel's right there with them. Um, yeah, for sure. It's always, I think, kind of good to play. I think that's that's an important strategy when it comes to this kind of game. Is you want to play it where. If you keep yourself in the middle, then everyone's trying to get your vote instead of trying to get a vote to get you out. So, um, that's a good place to be. That's how Dr. Mike make, kept, like, staying in the game. Because Dr. Mike was never on anybody's side. Dr. Mike was always in the middle. So it was easy for him to latch on to one side or the other to kind of, like, keep himself in the game. 
Until he didn't need it. Until he wasn't needed anymore, then he was out. But, you know. Oh, I really wanted him to win at least one challenge. He came so close, too. It was so sad. Lauren was very much not a Dr. Mike fan at the beginning of the season. I did a complete 180. <laughs> <laughs> we love Dr. Mike here at Stuff now. Yes. Dr. Mike is invited on the podcast anytime. Yes. <laughs> if you're willing, Dr. Mike, if you're listening, come talk to us about being the sex doctor. I, yeah, not your time on uh, Survivor, just the oh, sex doctor stuff. Quinn, give us a second opinion on this. Didn't it, didn't at the beginning of the season, didn't it say sex doctor for his title and then it changed at some point to urologist? I thought it was always urologist. I thought it was always... No, it was definitely Sex Doctor. We were definitely remember it being Sex Doctor yeah. at the I beginning don't know. of the season. And then, like, he got so far, and it, we were like, well, maybe it was Sex Doctor as a joke, and then he became a serious competitor in the game, and they're like, well, I guess we should probably make him seem like a competent person and change it from Sex Doctor. <laughs> it was 100% Sex Doctor at first. Do you think... Uh, I believe you. I didn't notice. Do you think that uh, they did the two-hour episode on the first night? So that they can get Jacob out, and then they didn't have to have him on for a second night of television. <laughs> uh, you think they just like got rid of him? They're real like, quick? we just need to play both these episodes so we can get Jacob off. <laughs> I think he he just had such a like a nice storyline that it's just nice to see it all in one sitting, as opposed to waiting just, a week to see what you knew was coming, anyways. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, Stephanie is on Ghost Island, she makes her rice, and then we get the best scene in the entire episode that I love so much. We get Chris is rap. MC Chris. Did you write it down? I have, I I can, if anyone wants to drop me a beat, I will go for it. Okay, here we go. Uh... I guess it's fair to say I was pretty hot today. I'm like a diamond in a rough. Do you see me glow? This ain't pay-per-view. It's a free show. I'm shooting all day. Free throw. Mic drop. Honestly, that had more flow than when he did it. Yes. <laughs> our, our, like, three-second delay Skype call has, is still more on beat. I, I remember going, like, when he started rapping... I had this, uh, like, my face lit up as I realized what was happening. Because it, the, he doesn't come up as somebody who is rapping at first. He just seems like he's talking weird. And then you go, oh, no, he's doing a song. Is that yeah. When, like, when he said, when you got to I Was Pretty Hot Today, you were like, oh, he just rhymed with, uh, fair to say, that's funny. But then you hear the, like, second, you hear um, Free Show after See Me Glow, and you're like, Holy shit, something magical is happening <laughs> on my television right now. What am I seeing before my eyes? And then he also, it's fair to notice, and he ends it by blowing out um, his finger gun. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he did. He didn't shoot the finger gun, he just blew it out. Like, as if he just did. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, because Chris is amazing, it turns out. Yeah, it was it, the one, two, three punch of uh, like Chris being amazing at the game and being adorable when he won and saying the stupid thing about the rocks. 
to the rap to him wanting to like hang out with Donathan made me like Chris so much and it all happened so fast that I wasn't prepared for it because I did not care for Chris until this episode and it all came so quickly at me. He has no right to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not deserved. Um, But yeah, while Stephanie's on Ghost Island, we... uh, She left Mormonism and got divorced. Well, it's, it's only not important because she's gone by the end of the episode. But it's good to know. Yeah, it's since London, so. Yeah. Um, good uh, Good for her on not uh, <laughs> being a Mormon anymore. I don't know. Um, and a lot of, at least two people on the show... At least two people on this tribe is stories that they've got divorced and they came on Survivor. <laughs> That's Kellen's like thing, divorced too. very quickly. Yeah. yeah, quickly before starting Survivor. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think... So pretty much, at, we Donathan and Chris bond, but we've kind of already been through that, so they go straight to the immunity challenge after that. And I think I've gotten... I've watched too much Survivor because I've started to get good at predicting who wins immunity based on, like, who gets scenes before the immunity challenge. Because <laughs> the only time we were at Malalo was right after Tribal Council. And so, like, going into that, I was like, oh, shit, so they're definitely going to lose because they haven't, we haven't seen them at all since before this challenge. Yeah, so we need to see them more in the episode. Yeah. So it's starting to ruin immunity challenges for me when I can tell who's going to lose. I'm getting, I'm getting so sick of this shit. Three weeks in a row, my team has gone home. I look, I know I know this bubble is gonna burst at some point. Um, but I and, and maybe it's this week. Maybe this is the is the week it, it finally happens. I just can't believe I've gotten this far about losing somebody from my team. It's amazing. This was, you know, honestly, bullshit about this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. Deserve to go home. Oh, she. Oh, it's total bullshit. She absolutely could have won this season easily, Stephanie. Which I guess is good for them for getting her out. But now I'm d- I'm literally down to three people. She, she's the she's the first person. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. She's the first person that got eliminated that I was upset because like I was immediately like they they should ask her back to play again because she did not get to play. Absolutely. And it's not it's not fair that through the circumstances. By not giving her a game on Ghost Island, by by the circumstances of this situation, in which I, it is so clear when you watch Tribal this week that Jeff is trying to convince the tribe to, to break away from their numbers and vote for somebody else. Because it's boring. Yeah. It's so boring. And Stephanie... It, it, it's... It's what happens sometimes, though. Yeah. It's just, you you get swapped in the wrong tribe, and there's just nothing you can do, and it's just part of the game. And it's just, just it sucks, but it happens almost every season. And sometimes they eliminate someone great, sometimes they make the wrong call and eliminate someone who we didn't want on TV anyways, (laughs) but this season it was just somebody who was really good and could have been an all-time great even. I think so. It, it's, and it's sad, but I think it made 
great TV. It, it, just emotionally compelling television. It certainly seems like this swap that comes next week is something that probably would have happened anyways, but something that it almost felt like after two weeks of the Foreman Davides being so... Um, like dead set on dead set on not doing anything different that it had to happen like it was one of those things where the switch was like when of course they're going to swap up the tribes because it's stale on this like this team is obviously losing every challenge and they keep getting rid of strong competitors and they're getting rid of people who aren't good at challenges are good at challenges or, yeah are good at challenges in favor of people who aren't good at challenges and so they're just going to keep losing and it was obvious that like a change had to happen yeah, but um, the can we talk about um how I think Jenna might turn out to be better than we see right now. I think she could have a good edit and sort of take over the direction Stephanie was going from this point on. I can see that happening. I can as well. I mean, she's really only there still because she was flirting with Sebastian. So Sebastian you know, went to bat for her. Although we talked about, right, pretty much right away, we were like, if they're going to vote out anybody, it's Stephanie. Yeah. Because we, because when we, basically when, when Malola lost, and we knew they were going back to tribal, and we knew that Nabidi was going to vote the numbers down, we were like, well, who does it make the most sense for them to get rid of? Michael's going to challenge us, he should stay. Jenna's not much of a threat. Stephanie's much more of a threat. Stephanie went to Ghost Island, so she might have something. She's going to be the target, and she's probably the one you got to vote for. Although I can't believe Desiree went, around, went against her own tribe, which is my tribe, and looked through Stephanie's stuff. That made me laugh. <laughs> like, that is a game... I, it made me wonder, like, why they don't do that more often on this show. That's a game-changing move. Desiree is officially a game-changer. She should have been three seasons ago, two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I laughed. She was like, we don't know if she has an idol, I'll check. <laughs> uh, but I just felt betrayed because she betrayed her own Lauren tribe member. <laughs> and it, frankly, it was rude. I feel like I would want to keep that. If you if I had an advantage, I'd, I'd be like, I wouldn't leave it around in my bag. Like, yeah. even if, like, even if it would, like, I just wouldn't leave it out in the open like that. To risk it, especially now that Desiree has, you know, started peeking around people's bags. Um, you want to know something sad? Willing to just go do that. You want to know something sad? So I read Stephanie's exit interview, and um, they were talking about why Jenna stayed over her. And apparently, the reason we were given is that Sebastian needed his hair braided is a complete and utter lie because from this from that point before then every braid Sebastian had Stephanie did she was his braider and he just betrayed her for the newer younger model and I'm just disgusted with Sebastian right now so basically what happened was Jenna was saying vote Steph not me I'll braid your hair instead Mm -hmm. that's what that conversation was really about yeah and I'm just, I, I don't get how Sebastian could betray her like that. That's some real strategy coming from Jenna, though. Being like, oh, well, if you have to vote one of us out. Well, if that's your only connection with Stephanie, 
Yeah, I'll take that on, and I'll and maybe I'll kiss you. I can't imagine they will though. But because like he's See, so ugly. I guess. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. so ugly. <laughs> like every time he's on screen, I'm like, "What is up with your face?" I'm sorry, but oh my god. <laughs> Too much candy. <laughs> he constantly seems like he's uh, high or drunk, and I don't know where he's getting it at this point. Yep. It's the coconut water. Maybe it is. Mm. Um. Yeah, have we been talking? We haven't really talked about the immunity challenge. We've just been, been talking about. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. You know, it just. Uh, Kellen lost her very first puzzle Chelsea ever. Was fucking horrible. Yeah, she wasn't great. Yeah. Were you saying something? I just said she wasn't. She was not great in the challenge. No, she fell off the board like immediately, and then fell off the other board. This was one hundred percent, and it was very clear. By the way Jeff was trying to spin everything, especially in Tribal, that he was like, why are you guys protecting Chelsea? She's garbage. <laughs> yeah, he kept Just get bringing, rid of Chelsea. He kept bringing up the fact that, like, the only two people who screwed up the immunity challenge were the ones that were protected in, like, the five alliance. Mm-hmm. See, I don't like, get... You literally lost... Maybe they did, but I don't get why um, Mike, Jenna, and Stephanie didn't pitch getting rid of Chelsea harder. Because I think they could have made a winning argument for that. Because they could have all voted out Chelsea, and the Navidi four would still have the majority over Mike, Jenna, and Chelsea, Mike, Jenna, and Stephanie, and it would have given them another week to stay. Because, but like they didn't try to pitch getting rid of Chelsea at all, even though she was obviously the weakest. So. It was very confusing why they didn't go that route for me, because I think it could have worked. Yeah, they definitely, they were more focused on just trying to save themselves rather than, like, trying to make a move. It it seems like they just knew that there was no point even trying, because they were not going to, nobody was going to budge on this thing. I think Kellen could have, because I think we saw Kellen actually hates losing a lot. Helen was very upset yeah. that they lost. And I think they really could have played on that. And her, and she's empathetic. Yeah. It's her superpower. Yeah, why didn't they go cry to Kellen? It would have worked. Mm-hmm. <sighs> empathy, so I don't know if you guys heard this, but empathy is her superpower. <laughs> so. Yeah, right before... Um. Right before they went to the tribal council, I wrote down in my notes, I want Stephanie to stay the most. So that was fun. That was fun for me to realize afterwards. <laughs> I, I liked Stephanie so much. I'm just so sad. You, you, you're just sniffing, yeah. crying had, away. <laughs> Plus, like, I had the least members of my tribe to begin with. So the fact that I have the most eliminated is just really sad. (laughs) I love that, you know, last week we we got Stephanie writing hope in the sand and it just, it didn't, the the survivor gods just came and wiped wiped it off of a wave and they erased the hope. It was high tide. No more hope for you. 
<laughs> yeah, I um. It was Sebastian's high tide. <laughs> mm. So I so you guys weren't fans of this episode, is what I'm getting at from this. Um, no, we were fans of the beginning of the episode when when Chris was on it. I so think I, I was not a fan of the episode after Chris left. I really like the episode at the whole episode, and I will argue for it right now. Um, I think, okay. I, I, yeah, I love Survivor because I like to watch it for the strategy. I like to see people um, trying to play a game and doing their best to win. But um, sometimes I think it's it's nice to have a break for this. And so instead what we got is old, old school Survivor, um, which I, I love too, even though um, it's this new Survivor is nothing like old school Survivor because of just all the twists and ways to evolve the game. But I think it was nice to have a break and just really focus on characters and really have the... I can't think of an episode that of Survivor that made me this emotional ever, honestly. And I think that was a nice change of pace to have. You, What you really saw were three people, more, more so too, but Jenna got a little bit, but three people who just loved Survivor, they knew one of them was going home, and it was just about their passion for the game and just... Really, I, I I just it almost warmed me, even though it made me sad. But it was just nice to see people just be so passionate and just um just reminded me what I Survivor so cool. I thought I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that is true. Especially like I did not. Michael cried a lot when he was thinking about like the prospect of him going home, and that was very endearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to give him a hug, Michael. Continues to be great. I, I really like Michael. I think last week proved that he is he's more than just a pretty face. And it's a very pretty face. Oh, you you want to know how good of a liar Michael is? So when they cut, when he was talking about oh, watching... I know exactly Sur- what you're talking about. Yeah, he was talking about watching Survivor China. And in Tribal, he said he was 13 years old when he watched his first season of Survivor China. And that math... That adds up to his lying age of saying he's 23. He actually watched it when he was oh, eight. Yeah. And I think that's just right, so impressive. He said he, said he was right, 13. Because when yeah. he told the confessionals last week or two weeks ago, he was like, Yeah, I was, uh, I was eight years old, 10 years ago when, on Survivor China. And he just casually says, I was. Uh, 10. Yeah. Or 13. 13. And it, if you do the math, it adds up to Nobody would would even pick up on it. He's so good at lying about his it's, age. It's so detailed. I loved it. I, and it like cut to Desiree, and it second it looked like she was like doing the math in her head, and it made me laugh. Yeah, it looked like she was like thinking about, like she was surprised that he said that, but like the math checked out. The thing that yeah. scared me was when was when he she. When when he said that, they did one of those Survivor, like, like, music scenes, and then they cut to her looking, and I was like, oh, no, did he just, did he just perjure himself? <laughs> did everybody just found out? But then I was like, nope, Matt checks out. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm the type, I wouldn't even notice that. I would be shocked if he said eight and somebody, like, did the math and went, wait a second. But it's just so detailed. Yeah, I, I was so impressed. Michael's in it to win yeah, I agree with you. Like, we did get uh, a lot more, um, like, in-depth look and 
to the different characters. Even Jonathan, when he was, like, talking about uh, his grandma and his mom. And then Michael crying and then Stephanie talking about her kids a lot. And Jenna talking about how hard it is to have a resting <laughs> bitch face. You know, all equal emotional backgrounds. When it comes to, like, the whole, like, tribal aspect, I just think an episode, like, from the game aspect gets really boring when one team wins and you, like, immediately know, like, who's going home. And it's not, like, like you mentioned earlier, Quinn, it's not in the best number, like, or it's not in the best strategy, I don't think, for them to do this. The, the best move, the move that made the most sense, was to vote out Chelsea. You still have the votes over the three uh, former Malolos. So you have the votes. You have a strong team uh, that can win. And hopefully you don't have to go back. Hopefully you keep those four and you move on. My guess is maybe they want to keep that five intact going all the way through the merge. But I don't know. It seems like it's just like nearsighted to be like, well, we just have to, no matter what, we can't listen or play the game. We just have to vote down these five. Arbitrarily, based on our former tribes that we're not on anymore. I'm gonna disagree with you. I think it was the best strategy to get rid of Stephanie, because you see so many times where um, somebody will flip on their tribe too early. They will go against, like, the voting thing, because they think it's a better idea, and it always lets somebody to slip through the cracks, and that person wins almost 100% of the time. The person that they let slip through the cracks, the person that they flip too early on and, like, let the spare a person, that is the person who's going to end up winning. So I think if it was smart to stay together, if they, if they didn't swap and next episode, I think then that's a fine time to get, down, get rid of Chelsea. Like, you want to get them so small that even if somebody flips, it won't hurt you guys. They would need four, th- two or three people to flip in order to get the numbers back. That's what you want. Yeah, I think um, Stephanie's, like, obviously we've talked about it a lot. Like, she definitely could have won. And so if you're trying to get out threats, you know, she is one. Yeah, and Stephanie, Stephanie, I definitely think is a threat. I just think that, again, if you if you don't know that this is coming, that this swap is coming next week, it just seems like if you're trying to be the tribe that, and you don't want to end up at tribal council again, you would get rid of Chelsea here, and then that way you would have the better votes going forward. But like you said, with the swap coming it wouldn't have made the most sense. But also, who knows? They might all get split up next week. So I hope they do. My biggest hope is that, like, Bradley and Michael get stuck in a tribe with, like, a bunch of other people, and Bradley keeps trying to, like, team up with Michael, and Michael's like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, The dream is, like, Bradley with... Um, all Malalos. Like, Bradley and then the rest of the tribe is, like, Donathan, Michael, Jenna, and Laurel. That's what we all want deep down. That would be amazing. And then he's just like, fuck you, Bradley. I fucking hate you. You're a piece of shit. (laughs) 
It certainly seems to me, based on what um, Jeff says in this episode, that the swap tribes is going to be three different tribes. Really? I hope so. I love three tribes. He said a brand new start to Survivor Ghost Island, which makes me think a brand new start, we're going to split it evenly into three teams of five. Oh, is it 15? Yeah. That would make sense then. I love it. It's it's my favorite thing is when we have three tribes. I cannot wait if that's true. Do you think... Here's And here's my other theory. I think it's one, one Navidi tribe, one Malolo tribe, one Ghost Island tribe. Ooh. I, I love the idea of being on the Ghost Island tribe. Like people who... Like one tribe is... Lives on Ghost Island. That's their camp. Oh. I'm into it. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe because it seems, or maybe they'll like if there's like a merge site. Maybe they'll go live there. I don't know. I just feel like it would make sense for them if they're going to split into three this late to send them to Ghost Island because five people could probably live on Ghost Island, right? That shelter is probably big enough for five people. I don't know. There's a lot of snuffers. I think it takes up the room, a lot of room. <laughs> so it's all of the snuffers. Look at all the snuffers. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So what else happened in this episode? What else have we, we not talked about yet? The um, the 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 challenge specifically for immunity we didn't really talk about, but it it was hilarious how. Chelsea seemed to be incapable of running across, uh, like, a thing. Like, I remember when Chelsea started running back a second time, I was like, no, why is Chelsea going again? That blew my (laughs) mind. She must have to, because it's the only thing that makes any sense is that they had to be like, oh, the first person goes twice, then there's a middle, or, like, there's a first person, or two people run, and and the person who goes first also goes last. That's the only thing that makes any sense, because I don't understand why you would put Chelsea out there twice. It had to have been, because one of the last two. Yeah, I was genuinely afraid. Why did um, you pick her for that? I, don't know. I was genuinely afraid Desiree was going to drown during her turn. She was underwater <laughs> for was so long. That was crazy. I think maybe she, they just didn't want her doing the puzzle or moving the wheel, and that's why they let her do it. Yeah, you don't. Been the one who went twice. You don't want Chelsea doing anything. No. Maybe they thought she'd be easy to pull. Yeah, but she couldn't even run there. Yeah, she was so light <laughs> that the, the wind was, like, picking her up. Like, she couldn't even hold the boogie board. Another thing I've got is that before they went to tribal, they were all talking. And based off their outfits, we did notice that Chelsea looked like someone's assistant. <laughs> she looked like Jeff's assistant who was just talking to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite observations. Who was she talking to? She was talking to, like, Desiree or Kellen or something. Oh, it was Kellen, I think. Because I remember distinctly thinking, Kellen looks like she's a Survivor player, and Chelsea looks like she's a PA who is just having a conversation with one of the the players. She just looked (laughs) like she didn't have any dirt on her. She seemed like she was just standing there. She's a nice jean jacket. Yeah, she seemed like she was there. Like, somebody dropped her off. (laughs) I love that. I can't wait to see her win, Survivor, honestly. Chelsea. 
She's on mine, and she's going to be my ticket to victory. Mm, yeah. I've never Let, been more really confident. Quick, let's just go... <laughs> let's go over who's left in, in it on each tribe, just so we... Just a, as a refresher. For all our fans. And ourselves. Quinn has James, Donovan, Chris, Chelsea, and Kellen. Tyler has Laurel, Jenna, Libby, Wendell, Sebastian, Bradley, and Dominic. And my team is looking real sad. <laughs> Michael, Angela, and Desiree. I fully I forgot all... Libby. Same. See, I'm I'm starting to think to me that my tribe nobody seems to be going home. I don't know who wins from my tribe. I don't know if I have a winner in my tribe. Maybe Wendell. Um, That's fair. That's a good observation, actually. Yeah, I seem. It feels like everybody's going to end up going home. Whereas I think there's like, I think Lauren's best chance at a winner is Michael. I think you've got Quinn. You've got Kellen, who seems like she's a strong choice. Donathan, who we already mentioned earlier, and Even Chris. You haven't. You haven't said Chelsea, James. the winner of Survivor Ghost Island, which confuses me. <laughs> that would be that would be insane. I will cry. I'm so ready. I love I love the Survivor players that you just know there's no way that they'll win. And Chelsea is just somebody from the not even the fact that she didn't speak for the first three episodes of the show, but there's just something about Chelsea that just reads as somebody who's just gonna end up going home before the, it's all said and done. What if she does when, and they're like, well, why didn't you put her in any of the first, like, five episodes? And they're just like, oh, she just was boring. Just didn't do anything, or say anything interesting. It's, it's happened before. Um, Natalie White, the winner of Samoa, she didn't talk until, like, the fourth episode either. But that's because they gave, like, 85% of the confessionals to Russell, but it's still, it's, it's a distinct <sighs> possibility, and I think Bradley's gonna be her Russell, I'm just gonna call it, and Chelsea's gonna win. Why does anybody want to be like Russell? I have no idea. Because Russell cannot win Survivor. <laughs> he will never win. He never was going to win. We won't really get into it, but hes I think he's bad at Survivor. He's bad at Survivor. He's good at getting idols. That's about it. That's like his mm-hmm. thing, right? But he's not good at winning. He's never won. No. And, and he wouldn't—he never he's will. Way too good. He never would. Yeah, there, he's no way he would ever win. I don't know why anybody's like, I want to be like Russell. It's like, why? He didn't do anything good. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Anyways. Um, do we want to do picks on who we think is going home next? Who? Yeah, and this is going to be interesting because we don't even know what the tribes are going to be next week. It's, it's hard because of swap, but I, I think it's a good thing to say Dominic or Chris. I think Dominic... Yeah, I would say if Dominic and Chris end up on the same tribe together, that and they end up losing. It's, and I know we've already said this, but like every week, but it seems like as soon as they end up in tribal again, things are gonna blow up between the two of them. So whether it's this week or the merge, if they end up together, that's probably gonna happen. Um, I think Chelsea's going home this week. I was gonna say Chelsea. Okay. I'm saying Chelsea. 
Can't Sorry, wait for you guys to be wrong. Man, I know. <laughs> Chelsea just seems like she is um, a winner. She's in a position. Yeah, Chelsea just seems like she's the winner right now. Chelsea is in a position, I think, where if her tribe breaks up, she's probably the person I would see everybody finding expendable enough to get rid of. Um, yeah, that's what I was expecting. But I, I see that as a reason to keep her around. That is true. Like she's not going to win an immunity idol when once the merge happens. Mm-hmm. This is this, what I like about the the third switch, and I like the idea of them going to the three tribes. The thing I like the most about it is we saw in was it game? I think it was Game Changers. I want to say where because they switched up the tribes enough at the beginning, nobody really stayed like loyal to tribes. Because at a certain point, that stopped mattering because it they it was so like they swapped so many times that nobody was real loyal to any of their former tribes. And I think that's got to be the trick now. I think you just got to keep messing with them until they can't they can't keep doing that anymore. I think that was a little too much switching, in my opinion, because like Sandra, she was even though she had won twice, she was on her way to make it to the merge easily. But like there was like a fourth swap, which is a ridiculous amount of swapping, and she was just there was no way for her to continue after that. I think a nice amount of swaps is what we're having right now is um, two swaps. Because I think this format happened in Millennials Gen X, too. And it had a mix-up enough where Millennials and Gen Xers were finally working together by the merge. Alliances were all mixed up. Right. And I think that's what's going to happen now. I think Game Changers is too many. You want it to be so that anybody could be with anybody. Instead of everybody still playing down tribe lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... think, Because the one tribe is already all shattered. So it'll be interesting to see what, how the other half of Navidi sees the half of Navidi that's currently on Navidi and how fractured they are and see how that will mix up the relationships for Navidi. Yeah. So, Lauren, who do you, who's your pick? I'm going to choose Chelsea, but I'm going to go with Bradley. You're Cheer, just, you're, you're hoping. out of, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I really just want my ideal episode next week is Michael and Bradley get onto the same tribe and then Michael gets Bradley out. Fair. Hey, just for fun, if you had, now that we're this far into the episode, or this far into the season, not the episode, um, who are the people that you want to, that, like if you had... If everything just kind of worked out and you could have, like, your perfect alliance of people right now, who would you want to see all working together in this season? Bradley and Wendell. Working together? Why? Why would you want Brendel, Br- or Brandon, uh, or Bradley and Wendell to work together? I, I meant Michael. I was reading Bradley. Yes. I would also like Michael and Wendell to get together. Michael I think that would be Wendell. fun. I want... Everyone on my team to get together and just take out everybody, and so I have a nice like final five <laughs> where I can't lose. I would love to see like an unholy alliance of Michael, Wendell, Kellen, and Donathan. <laughs> just like the most the, the most likable people in all of the tribes getting together <laughs> and just being so nice and ruthlessly. Cutting the thirds of it <laughs> in the game. 
I, I want Chris and Dominic to realize that they aren't each other's greatest enemy, secretly get together and, like, blindside somebody. That would be and shocking. Kiss. I want him to kiss. <laughs> it ha- how, it ha- good, how good would a Survivor feud like this be if, like, if like since week one it's like, oh, man, Dominic and Chris are really at each other's throats. Oh, they really want to get rid of each other. And then they just, like, start making out. <laughs> And you're like, whoa, did not see that coming. <laughs> we say, I feel like this is a re- re- reoccurring theme with all our episodes, is just survivors hooking up. <laughs> yeah. It needs to happen. <laughs> okay, well then, well then that begs the next question. Which, which pair of survivors would you like to see pair up that are still in the game? I still want Libby Michael. I was about to say that. I literally was about to say that. <laughs> Did Libby and Michael have a thing? No. No, they're just, you just young want to see them and hot. Get together? Have they met each other yet? They were on the same tribe. Originally? Yeah, they're both Malalos originally. See, I don't I don't like that because I know Libby's gonna break Michael's heart. Yes, she will. She's gonna do it on purpose because she just likes breaking people's hearts. It's, it, <sighs> I, we haven't seen her in a while. Or. Can you believe Dominic didn't talk once this episode? Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that well, shocking? There just was nothing for him to say. This you was the Chris Noble from... episode. Dominic. They didn't, they didn't want you hearing this from somebody who wanted to get rid of Dominic. Or, or they, somebody who wanted to get rid of Chris, because this was all about how great Chris is this week. Mm-hmm. Which could I mean think he... Chris and Michael would be a fun pair. I don't think Michael would like Chris. I don't either. Yeah. I but maybe but maybe well if he would like this episode Chris. True. I think he he and this episode Chris would get along, but we'll have to see. Who would who would be an alliance that you would hate to see form from the people left in the game? Bradley and anyone. <laughs> I just I would hate to see Bradley and no, Bradley and who would I hate to see Bradley team up with? Who he's um, currently aligned with? Yeah, I guess I'm pretty not happy with the the way things are going right now with the with, with him. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have another people in the game that I'm like I really hate. I thought I did, but I guess it would be pretty bad if like. Bradley and Libby. I'm just trying to come up with somebody who I think would be like a bunch of people getting together. That would be like I wouldn't be happy with because I don't like how they're playing the game. But it's pretty much just Bradley at this point that I don't like. Yeah, I, I just I want Navidi the Navidi on Malalo to break up. That's I think what's best for television. Probably not what's mm-hmm. best for their games, but it would be more entertaining. Yeah, I think that, that, like I said, I think that's something that for for the game needs to happen. Not so much for strategy, but for the game, I think it's best if everybody is so split up by the tribes that you can't keep just doing what Navidi is doing on Malolo and just get rid of anybody who wasn't in your former tribe. It has to be so swapped up that it's like, well, at this point that doesn't matter anymore. Let's just, we just have to vote together or on with who we want to vote for. And we can't trust everybody else because everybody knows everybody else. Yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to figure out if there's anyone who doesn't, like any pair of people who don't know each other going into this walk. I don't I know. know. They, I know they exist. I'm just trying. I always think it's funny that like somebody gets all the way to the merge and they haven't even gotten fire yet. That's always impressive to get it through the entire first half of the game without going to tribal once. Has anyone? Yeah. Well, Chris. Chris is the only one who hasn't gone to tribal council. Oh yeah. But like other people in past seasons have done that, where it's not until the merge episode that they finally get a torch. And they're usually they the literally had never been to tribal. And they're usually the one to go home right then. They only survive one. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Chris can do it. I wonder if Chris can make it all the way to the merge without going to tribal. It's seeming likely. All right. Anybody else got anything to say? Um. No. I no, think I'm done. Go. I've had a lot of fun doing this with you guys. Oh I thank you with my eyes. I don't know. <laughs> I want the chocolate pies. <laughs> Bring it all back. What's the quote of the episode? Oh, quote of the episode. What is our favorite quote from we this got, week's episode? It's, I liked I was pretty hot today from Chris. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Chris got, is probably the person that the quote came from. I think it's got to be either the whole rap or... Where is it? I want those pastries. I, I want those one. pastries. That's a good one. That's it. That's that's it. That's the quote. <laughs> All right. We will we'll see you next week. Very exciting episode this week. Very excited to see who all swaps and where everybody ends up uh, and what ends up happening with Ghost Island. Hopefully we get a ghost this week, too. That would be ideal. I'm tired of there not being a ghost. Ready to be spooked. You know? Oh. Interesting thing now that Stephanie's gone is that now no one else knows about the Legacy Advantage. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. We didn't even think of that. Yeah, nobody knows about the Legacy Advantage. She was the only one. Yeah. So that's fun. I guess good for Dominic, even though she didn't know he had it. Yeah. And she wasn't gonna... Oh, wait. Did they know each other? No. 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 So... That was fine. <laughs> so Dominic has to make it two more tribal councils before he can use it? Yeah, we're at 15, so he has to make it to the merge at 13. I think that, I still think that he should just use it we'll at, at the merge to be safe. But we'll see what happens. I think that makes the most amount of sense because, honestly, I would not, as like somebody who's holding on to that advantage, I wouldn't want to wait until the end of the game. Just yep. have it, you know. Final six is a far way away from thirteen. Right, and he could use it now. So hopefully he gets a chance to, to use it. Maybe that will be the pinnacle of the uh, Chris versus dominant feud. Just hypothetically, who do you think he well, would will it to? Wendell. You know what would be beautiful, huh? If he gave it yeah. to Chris, that would be the fuck with him. That would be beautiful. Like, You'd be like, this, this is definitely cursed. It's yours. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I was thinking that that would be funny. He was like, this thing's cursed. Here you yeah. go. But I also, because um, Chris would probably believe that it was cursed. Oh, for sure. Chris definitely seems like somebody who would really buy into the ghost island stuff. He didn't at first. I thought at first he would be somebody who was skeptical. But the more I see of Chris, the more I think that Chris 100% believes in ghosts. Um, <laughs> well, the ghost is gone because my booty needs Right, Michael. Michael. Michael was unable to release James's ghost, and 
uh, reverse the curse. Um, so, it, it, so does that mean James dies? Oh yeah, no, James. Yes, James is dead because he uh, he when he died in Survivor, he died in real life. <laughs> um, didn't he? He played again, right? Didn't he play again? Yeah, he played two more I times. Am I wrong? Yeah. Did he win? No. Okay. I have a very bad memory of that kind of stuff. Um, I think, yeah, he'll probably give it to Wendell if he gives it to anybody, if Wendell's still around. Um, all right. That is it for the episode. Um, who wants to say the quote? You got it, Lauren. What? Me? Yeah, because you're... Lauren's going to say it. You're our biggest Chris fan here. It's, it's, Am I? No, you're, she's definitely no. the biggest Michael fan. I don't know. We're I mean, all Chris we're, fans. We're, Lauren anyways. we're all Chris fans. I want those pastries. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a little for the end. Yes, for, for Lord and Quinn, I'm Tyler. Thank you for listening.